we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Elm Coffee Roasters open in Pioneer Square in South Lake Union for takeout and soon indoor seating. Order coffee and more at elmcoffeeroasters.com. Hi, I'm Ella. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. So for this week's episode, we're doing a bit of a mini episode um, because we wanted to talk about the way that our year and a half break has influenced social behaviors in a school setting. Um, so Molly's mom, my mom, she, but Molly's mom <laughs> is a middle school teacher. Mm-hmm. And I think that gap from, let's see, they were in fourth grade when quarantine began and then they didn't go back to school until sixth grade. So yeah. Tell us about what your mom said. Yeah, so I was on the phone with her, and I was just asking her how her year was going. And she's like, wow, if I'm going to be honest, it is crazy. And I was like, oh, like, intriguing, explain. And she was just telling me how all of her kids that are in her classes are so not prepared to be in middle school. Mm. Because if you think about it, like, fourth grade to sixth grade doesn't seem like that big of a leap, but elementary school to middle school is a giant leap. And these fourth graders are in the thick of elementary school and all they ever know is elementary school. And like fifth grade is kind of the year where they are taught how to be a middle schooler. Yeah, I feel like fifth grade is really an important year. Yeah. And like how to, you, you just like develop a lot, like your brain develops a lot and like your brain develops with the people that you're surrounded by. So these fourth graders were forced into isolation. So they, their brains couldn't develop normal social skills because they couldn't be around anyone in these like really crucial developmental times. And then they were just forced into middle school. So my mom was giving me examples of how kids were just like hitting each other. (laughs) And like that is really abnormal middle school behavior, but it's really normal fourth grade behavior because like when you're in elementary school and you have a conflict, you know, you like you hit each other and like you don't know how to, yeah, you don't know how to deal with conflict. Yeah. And then like you're taught like, oh, hitting's not okay. And like that's part of your developmental process. But these middle schoolers who sh- who should have known that by now don't know that. So they were doing these really ab- absurd, like, conflict management strategies that they should have outgrown, but they hadn't. That's so interesting coming from we had our online years in college. Mm-hmm. But to have those online years at such a young age is such a big deal, especially if you have kindergarten online or fourth, first grade online. That's just like, those are such important years. That would be such a weird transition to make to then come back after all you know is online school. Yeah. And that, like, the thing you said about the first grade is also a really big thing that's been happening in our society because first grade is one of the most crucial learning periods that a child can have. Like, you learn so much in first grade. Mm-hmm. You learn how to read in first grade. Like you do, yeah. Yeah, like that is the most, probably one of the most essential things to learn ever is how to read. And my mom used to be a fourth, or she used to be a first grade teacher. And she was telling me that partway through the first grade year, everyone doesn't know how to read. No one knows how to read. It's just like hard for everyone. People are just like struggling and like sounding out words. And then all at different times, but all within the first grade year, 
a light bulb turns on in like all of these kids and suddenly they just know how to read. So they didn't know how to read and then they just know how to read. But if you think about it, like all these first graders, like a lot of them had their parents teaching them or no one teaching them. They had a lot harder time learning how to read. And maybe in some of those kids, like that light bulb never went off and they still didn't know how to read. And then now we're plagued with a bunch of illiterate second graders. (laughs) Okay, but... Yeah, on a serious note, I was thinking about that in terms of some of my friends over quarantine were tutors, Mm -hmm. and so they would tutor upper-class kids in Seattle that were going to school for middle school or elementary school, and it made me think about the way that the gap between people who have resources and people that don't have resources has increased so much since quarantine because if you don't have reliable internet access, if you don't have people around you to support you, you know, if you don't have that kind of stability, you aren't going to get the same education as someone who can hire a tutor every single day or even someone who just has a really involved parent. Mm -hmm. Like there's such a big gap yeah that's increased already that's increasing so much and so yeah i don't know a class gap where there should absolutely not be one Mm -hmm. that's a really good point before we continue on with the show another message from our sponsors Open since 2015, Elm Coffee Roasters is devoted to high-quality coffee that's easy to brew at home and a joy to make. At our roastery and cafe in Pioneer Square, Seattle, Elm obsessively roasts small batches of coffee that they source with a focus on sustainable practices that lift up the whole supply chain and protect the future of the coffee plant. Elm's goal is to make a truly exceptional cup of coffee, an experience you look forward to every day. Cafes in Pioneer Square and South Lake Union open now for takeout and soon dine-in service. Please use code PODCAST at elmcoffeeroasters.com for 15% off your next coffee order. Also, another really sad thing that these kids are dealing with is just anxiety. Because they have been growing up in this world where all they know is death and crisis mm. and pain and hurt. And that is just a really awful way to grow up and be a elementary schooler and a middle schooler. And it's just giving these kids really bad mental health issues and really bad anxiety. And another example of this, at my mom's school, there was a fire drill. And it was a really hectic day and everyone was like scrambling out of the building. And she noticed that this one little girl was having a panic attack. She was having a hard time breathing and just panicking. So my mom sits with her and she does like breathing exercises with her. Just like in and out and like trying to calm her down. And as she's doing these breathing exercises, a bunch of other kids come and sit with her. Because they're all freaking out too, and they're all having trouble breathing, and they're all having panic attacks. So they want to, they like see that my mom is like coaching this little girl through a panic attack, and they're realizing that they're having panic attacks. Mm. So they go and like seek this help. So then my mom is just with a bunch of little middle schoolers trying to like calm them down and like let them breathe. And like that's just a really, I think, a really telling thing about how what we're gonna have to deal with. In the yeah. upcoming years, it's just everyone's mental health crises, middle schoolers or 20-year-olds or yeah. adults or everyone. Um, but it was just a really sad like reflection on the impact that 
this pandemic has had on the youth of America. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy when you think about how much like we've been affected by it. And they have so much less life experience the way that we have so much less life experience than Mm -hmm. our parents. Like that is that is really the life that they know is that kind of instability. And they also don't have the cognitive maturity to deal with that and to handle that and to process like why they're feeling that that way like if you're anxious like I don't know with me like I can kind of subjectively evaluate why I'm feeling anxious but that doesn't develop until later in life you know so all these kids are getting really bad anxieties and just not knowing why they're so anxious yeah that will be interesting in the coming years to see how the different generations are affected in the long term yeah Wow, I'm really curious about it now. I but I guess if there's more research, we'll we'll keep you updated. We'll, get back to you. <laughs> we'll let you know. <laughs> okay, well, thank you for listening to our little conversation. <laughs> yeah, thank you for bearing with us. We needed a shorter episode this week. We are all kind of stressed with midterms and you know life in general. Unusual. Just life doing, <laughs> just life being life. <laughs> okay, I'm Ella and I'm Molly. And that was Dig Deeper.